0: Hello and welcome to the next episode of the WestConnect podcast, where we help ensure that student-athletes are successful on and off the field today. I'm excited to have Sam Ebb with me. Ebb, how are you?
1: I'm good. I'm glad to be here.
0: Yeah, thank you for joining us. And um, you've got, and I, I must admit, I am a huge hockey fan, so I'm excited to get into what your current job is. But before we kind of jump the gun, we'll talk a little bit about how you found yourself at Wesleyan and what year you were, what your uh, engagements were like on the athletic field while you were at school as well.
1: Yeah, so I was Wesleyan class of 2013. Um, I fell in love with the school when I visited. I fell in love with the idea of a liberal arts education and getting to explore everything I could possibly do. Um, coming into Wesleyan, I thought I might have some idea what I wanted to do, be when I grew up. Um, suffice to say, it's very different from what I'm doing right now. And and I knew that there, I had a ton to learn. And and the approach of Wesleyan in the classroom was was a big part of that. And then another big part of that was I could be a part of the athletics program. And I could join, for me, I ran for the cross-country team as well as indoor and outdoor track. Um, I ended up doing seven seasons of sports at Wesleyan. And that was a huge part of my experience, and something that that I loved every minute of. the the, the long runs at ten a.m. in freezing cold December, and the the the, the good race days at the at the end of the spring as well.
0: So, cross country, indoor, outdoor—that's obviously pretty much a year-round commitment. Um, we've had some people on the show talk about how. They were more engaged and more focused if they had, you know, athletics going on in that semester. And We've had some two-sport athletes, but you're the first one that essentially did, you know, all three phases. What was that like looking back on it? Would you recommend students do that? Was it too much? Give us us the whole picture.
1: Yeah, I I think... The focus point is definitely true. I mean, when I had the structure to my day, I knew I went to class, I went to practice, I went to dinner, and I went back to my room and I worked. There there really wasn't time to think about what else am I doing. Um, so you had that structure and the discipline in your day just was built in for you. Um, for me as a CSS major, they threw a lot of reading at me too. So that that just added to there. there weren't too many other hours in the day to think about all right, how am I going to keep myself busy? Do I have time to do this thing that's going to distract me from, from what else is going on? Um, had a couple off-season breaks when probably slept a little more, um, but it, it definitely was valuable to have that structure, I think, in my life. Would, would I recommend it? I think with a lot of things, it depends. If you're passionate about it and you love what you're doing, it's, all, it's, it's great. There, there are some people who it it definitely can get overwhelming for. it can be too much. You can get burned out because you're going all the time.
0: Yeah. I mean, you ever track how many miles to do in a year? Is that, is that Uh, a dangerous question to ask? We,
1: we were doing 55 to 65 a week. So you're looking at a couple thousand a year, two, 3000 a year on, on, on average.
0: Mm. Glutton for punishment, that on top of being CSS, that's a lot, man. <laughs> um, it, it was,
1: but it was fun, I went straight to it for anything.
0: Well, and it certainly worked. I mean, graduated five beta kappa CSS, um, very impressive. Um, were there anything else, kind of undergrad extracurricular activities looking back, that you were really excited to be a part of? Yeah, so
1: I, I spent part of my, a decent part of my last two years as part of the WSA um, ended up on the the leadership team for the WSA. So it was just one of the student reps to the board. And that was uh, something that I got more involved in as I went through my, my junior and senior years uh, and, and definitely something I enjoyed being a part of.
0: That's great. And let's talk a little bit about kind of transitioning into professional career. You took a little bit of time off before you went to business school. Um, Can you want to tell us a little bit more about how you spent those years before you ended up going to MIT?
1: Yeah, coming out of Wesleyan, I had this vague concept that I was interested in politics and law and public policy. Um, Coming out of CSS felt like it made sense. So I I started working with a governor's campaign in Massachusetts um, doing a lot of field work and organizing and building out our volunteer program and worked on that for about six months, uh, at which point I got an opportunity to try a slightly different path um, and ended up going to a law firm based in Boston where I worked as a paralegal across labor and employment litigation, so doing a lot of large class action cases. that where a lot of the work was figuring out what this case could be worth what what the value of this was what the merits of this were and helping out all the the attorneys um so spent about two years there really learning about law figuring out if it was something i wanted to pursue further i knew there was a chance law school was was down the line so it gave me an opportunity to test what would this life be like if i end up choosing that as as a as a long-term track for myself and as, as you mentioned, as I ended up in business school, I clearly didn't end up choosing law school, um, had some guidance from some of the people I worked with, and the the projects that I worked on that I was most passionate about were really the ones that were valuing the cases. What What is the business value of this? How can I work with the numbers and the storytelling? And that that's really what brought me back around to, to business school.
0: Right. And and I know from my own experience, I was a COL major, but I had a lot of friends in CSS and, you know, the majority of them went to law school. It seems like that's kind of the path. Was there was that a hard choice to make? Was there an allure and kind of almost a oftentimes we get a myopic vision of this is the next step in my journey and I'm going to go to law school. But it sounds like maybe you did some informational interviews with some of the folks you worked with at that firm in Boston. What, what, what turned your, your choice away from the law?
1: Yeah, I, I think for me, it's, I had a different idea initially of what the day-to-day looked like. I don't think I, when I was a junior in college looking at taking the LSAT was this, this is something that it's a good career. It's something that people that do the program I do like to do. And, I, I had to take some time and get get into the work, and at the end of the day, I realized this is something that isn't the right fit for me, um, and what got me excited about going to work and the the problems that I was most excited to solve were the ones that weren't necessarily legal in nature in the job. It was the, how do we determine how much this employer would have to pay if, if they're If they're liable, how do we talk about the valuation? How do we approach the negotiations for a settlement? And those aren't necessarily, there's legal issues behind them, but the the questions are ones that we're working with some of the business stakeholders on.
0: Which ultimately led you to explore business school. What did that process look like? Did you reach out to people in your network and and did you leverage any Wesleyan connections to explore that track?
1: I did. I, I've reached out to some folks in my network, um, talked to a few Wesleyan people. Again, there there was actually still a part of me that thought, all right, I'm interested in the business side of the public policy realm. Um, I think there's a different angle to tackle this than potentially coming at it from the political side, the campaign side. And I I actually was looking at a joint public policy degree with the MBA. Um, I didn't end up doing that. I applied for both and candidly, I. Didn't get into the public policy program, Um, but it was something where I started looking around at what are the types of jobs that are out there that would allow me to solve the problems that excited me in in my job at the law firm. What were the opportunities? And then what did I need to get those jobs? And I had really a fork in the road where I could have said, I will find something new. I'll start from step one and I'll figure it out or I can take a chance and go learn more. Because what what I did know for sure at that point was there was a lot I didn't know about the world of business. I was a CSS major. I was well-practiced in reading books. I was well-practiced in writing essays. I hadn't done a NPV calculation since maybe my intro economics course. So there was a lot of work to do to re-baseline Here's the skill set I need to build on for the jobs I want to do, and I think Wesleyan prepared me in insofar as it taught me how to think and it taught me how to learn, and that made picking up all these new concepts that much easier because I had the mindset that I gained from from the Wesleyan education.
0: And as People who have been in the business realm for a while know, but maybe some of the listeners that are current undergrads don't, what you do that summer in between your first and second year business school is is pretty crucial. Can you talk a little bit about what that summer internship looked like and how it helped form what you would eventually be doing today?
1: Yeah, so I decided early in business school that I was interested in recruiting for consulting, management consulting. If you had asked me at Wesleyan, I didn't know what that was. Um, So had even more learning coming into business school and interned with with a firm called Deloitte Consulting and was there for 10 weeks, got to work on a project, got to experience what life in the position that they hire people out of the MBA after business school looks like. So both got a chance to get to know the company that I potentially wanted to work for and ended up going back to and working for after I graduated but also test and see if the work was something that I wanted to do long-term. Um, so as I said, I I did that job for my summer. At the end of the summer, I, I got an offer, was lucky enough to get an offer to return full-time after I grad, graduated and ended up accepting that offer.
0: And if you remember, because I'm sure you're working a lot and it was busy, how did you actually land that summer internship? Because it can be exceedingly competitive, only so many spots for so many people and everyone vying for (laughs) this seemingly the same uh, seats at the table during that business school interim summer. Do you recall exactly how that worked?
1: Yeah, it was one, a lot of going to events, getting to know people, figuring out the same way you're you're looking at colleges as an undergrad, every school has a slightly different personality. It has a slightly different feel to it. Getting to know the different firms, figuring out which one are companies and figuring out which one feels like a fit. And then it's, again, similar to colleges. How can I prove to them that I'm gonna be a good employer, a good student? And that's practicing for for consulting, they have case interviews. So you I would go through and practice the interviews. And that was with my classmates and with my peers. And I actually reached out to some other Wesleyan alums who were at Sloan at the same time with me, uh, none of them from my year. We had, I think, five of us in my class uh, of 400. So pretty, pretty good rep- Wesleyan representation there. And we would sit down, we'd work together, and we'd practice cases with each other. So it's really saying, going in and showing, hey, I can, I can do this. I can think in the way that you'll need me to think to be a good employee.
0: And it's certainly a different camaraderie than law school, which I can personally attest to. So I'm glad that you guys are actually helping each other, not trying to kneecap one another for these things. Yeah. Um, and at some point before we get into, because I do want to talk about what the day-to-day look like at Deloitte and what being a consultant actually means, because I think the term gets thrown around a lot, but yeah. especially if you're a current undergrad or a recent graduate, you may not really fully appreciate what it is. You touch on your work that you did with the Sloan Sports Analytics Conference while you were at MIT, considering this is a, a show, you know, focused on student-athlete alums. I know it is, and there's some super cool stuff. Maybe educate some of the listeners.
1: Yeah, so the, the Sloan Sports Conference, it's been around for about 15 years now, 15, 16 years, and it was founded by Jessica Gelman, who's now the CEO of the Pats Analytics Startup. Um, and Daryl Morey, who's now the president of basketball operations, the Sixers. I have to keep, remember not to call him the GM of the Rockets anymore. Um, and they started it, teaching a class at MIT on sports analytics. And now Daryl took the job in Houston and they said, this can't be a class anymore. We want to continue to reach people in analytics. It was a new field at the time. So they, they started this conference. Uh, I got involved during the conference's 10th year Um, and during my first year at business school, I joined the content team. So my job was helping put together some of the panels. Um, Had a panel on fan engagement where we brought in some people who were thinking about what is is the future of the fan experience? How do we engage fans when they're in the stadium? Uh, Another one on sports tech. And then my second year, I had the opportunity to effectively apply to be one of the student leads of the conference, and it was really a kind of a full-time job at some level on top of being in school, but it was an experience that I would go back and do all over again, an experience that really helped me get to where I am today because I was able to understand and interact with people across the whole sports industry and say, here is the entire universe of what jobs and sports and jobs and sports analytics look like. And here's the backgrounds of all those people and how they got there and having the opportunity as one of the students leads to get to know some of these people, get to know them better, work with them at the conference, meet them at the conference, um, get to pick their brains on how they got to where they are. And then also build a relationship with, with our co-founders. One of whom is both of whom are, are still mentors and, and friends to this, to this
0: day. And that directly ties into what you're doing today. But before we get there, tell us about what your time was like at Deloitte what the day to day was like more of the informational interview type approach because i want people to understand and appreciate if they go down this track what it looks like
1: yeah so while i was at deloitte um when you're in consulting your work is project based so for example i worked my first project with an insurance company and companies come to consulting firms with a problem that they're looking to solve that problem could be We need help identifying a new strategy. We need help identifying or building new digital assets, whether it's an app or a campaign or a user experience. We need help figuring out what to do with all this data we have, because that's not something that is historically a part of what we do. We need help figuring out how to streamline our operations. We need recommendations and outside brains, outside um, horsepower to come in and help us out. So some of it is they don't have the time, the resources to do it themselves. Some of it is they truly need a strategist to come in and say, what's a new or different way of thinking to solve this problem? The projects within consulting have anything from six weeks, four to six weeks, to a couple years for a longer implementation. And you range from anything that's a short strategy project, come up with what this should look like, to implementing that strategy, building the technology, and everything that comes with that. So my projects spanned really that whole range. I had a digital design project with both an insurance company and I had another one with a sports governing body. I had a project working on long-term technology roadmap and strategy for a different insurance company. I worked with a hotel brand on uh, a financial investment strategy. So you get a wide range of experiences with these different companies and consulting really arms you with ways of thinking and frameworks to help you attack problems in different industries and gain industry expertise in different areas. Um, So for me, I focused a lot on digital strategy and analytics, which play into, we'll get to a little later, what, what I'm doing today. And then outside of my client work, I spent a lot of time trying to build our sports practice, um, doing research and writing what we call white papers, so publications for Deloitte, um, based on our research in the industry. We, we ran surveys and analyzed that data. So I would work with a team of people, both junior folks right out of college. So um, some some small liberal arts school grads in the team, as well as our partners in the firm who are helping come up with answers to big questions for some of these industries. In sports, some of those were, what is the future of the fan experience? For uh, FinTech, it's what is the future of your mobile banking and how how do we make that a more seamless experience for the customer? And there, there are many, many more. What's what's a new smart city look like?
0: So maybe offer up some pros and cons. I mean, Deloitte's an incredible institution. I know plenty of folks that work there. Um, obviously the breadth of experience is tremendous, but there are some downsides.
1: Yeah. So one thing about consulting is you're working for the client. You often end up on the client site up to three or four days a week. So again, for some people, that's a pro you fly in airlines, you stay in hotels, you get a bunch of points, you get to see new cities for some people that's a con because you're sleeping in your bed at times three nights a week. Um, you are working at a company where your time is being billed out to the client and they have high expectations for what you're going to come back with. So it's not a, it's not a nine to five existence. You you work hard, but you learn a lot and you get a lot out of it. And you, you really get out of it what you put into it. You have the experience to come in and solve the biggest problems. If the biggest problems were easy, they wouldn't be bringing you in to help with them. So nothing you're doing is all right, let me just kind of fill in the sheet and punch out at the end of the day. It's hard thinking, hard work. You learn a lot and y- you go through a lot of iterations and change and you get feedback and you have to get used to someone looking at something you did and saying, that's not quite right. Go do it better. Do it again. Do it, which again, can be hard in the moment at times, but also sets you up really well for the long term of, you learn a ton, you learn different people's perspectives, their preferences, how to present things in different ways. You learn how to storytell in the business space, which is different than storytelling in the political space at some level, which is different than storytelling in other spaces.
0: Yeah, that's helpful. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people have the allure of being a consultant, but they don't really appreciate what it is. So thank you for that. And then let's talk about kind of what you're doing today, how you um, transition from Deloitte to to this position. Um, and then I really want to get into the hockey aspect of it first, but let's start at the beginning.
1: Yeah, when I was at Deloitte, as I mentioned, I was work, spending a lot of time working in our sports practice. I knew that long-term, my goal was to get into sports. Whether that was going to be long-term consulting or not, I was Still thinking through that balance. Um, I think to your point, there are pros and cons. I got to experience a lot of different clients in the sports world. Um, but there I knew there was a point in my life where I, I think I was going to be ready to get off the road. I was really interested in getting my hands dirty with a team and getting to live every day of that experience. And in consulting, the balance you have is you get to work with all these clients but you don't always get to stay with them for a couple of years at a time to see what is the final result? How do I keep iterating on and improving that strategy, that recommendation, that outcome that I proposed? So I started early on looking for what's out there. What do the positions look like? What are the opportunities that would be available for me if I were to move into industry? So into a team, into a league, into a sports adjacent company, and actually pretty early in the search, saw this opportunity come up. And at that point, I was honestly just starting to put feelers out and just looking for what would the right fit look like. And when I saw the position I had now and looked through the description, it hit all the boxes of what I wanted to do. So, it was that that starting thought of it would be interested, interesting to see what this looks like to do it every day on the ground and have that experience to seeing what's out there, whether that's searching LinkedIn, talking to my network, um, following recruiting firms and what they're what they're posting, to finding this opportunity and saying this is this is not just a opportunity to work in sports because I wasn't just looking for. What's the first thing I can do to get into this industry? It was, what is the right thing to do to, to make this move?
0: And obviously, very another competitive position, I'm sure it was, you know, um, widely marketed. They ran a full process. What did, what did that look like? And looking back on it, what do you think gave you the edge to secure that position?
1: Yeah, the the process they ran, they used a search firm. So they used a recruiting firm to to post the role. So I had a first interview with the recruiter. So this actually wasn't with anybody who worked for the team themselves. This was a company they had hired to, to find someone to fill the role. And I spent quite a bit of time before the interview reading through the job description, really mapping that against what are the stories I can tell to give them confidence that I'm ready to do everything they need me to do and ready to do it on day one. And then adding to that, doing research on the team, the building, the city, so I can come in and make educated statements, hopefully, about what I would do, what I would recommend, where my head would be at with the questions they would want me to start solving. Now, I knew I wasn't going to have every answer. I'm sure I said something that I would look back today it and say, well, that couldn't be further from the right way to go. But it's being able to come in and have that conversation, say, look, I've thought about this. Here's the way I'm thinking about this and showing that process of, all right, we know how you would approach this job. And then getting to the next stage, which was interviewing with uh, my current boss and other members of, of the leadership team and showing this is how I would approach the position. This is who I am. This is my approach to work, the team, the problems you would solve, and honestly, at some level, hoping that that you prove to them it's a fit, and at the same time, hoping that it's a fit for you as well. For me, it wasn't just will they hire me; it's will they hire me, and do I want them to hire me?
0: And were there was there any connectivity with, um, I guess, the organization's technically Comcast, Comcast Spectator. Were there any Wesleyan or MIT kind of or the analytics program connectivity within the Comcast group?
1: Yeah, so I I was introduced to the the recruiting firm through through a contact um, I had through the loan conference, um, and and actually heard about it through a, another friend from the comf- from the conference who had been contacted about the same role. Um, he said, "I'm not looking to leave where I am right now, but I think this would be a really cool opportunity for you." you should reach out to them. Here's their contact. This looks right up your alley.
0: It's a nice friend. Um, <laughs> he he is. I, I
1: owe him something one of these days when he, yeah,
0: that's, that's, and we can travel. That's a, a, a beer and probably that, that, dinner. <laughs> that's, that's a steak dinner type of, yeah, type yeah, of friend there. Absolutely. Um, so maybe talk a little bit more about kind of what the role is, the position, what the day-to-day looks like and, and, Obviously, with COVID, it's been a pretty wild time to be in the sports world. But talk a little bit about kind of what the focus is for you guys currently.
1: My my current title, I'm the vice president of business strategy and analytics within Comcast Spectacor. So we'll go step by step here. Business strategy and analytics for different teams means different things. For us, what that means, we have three main buckets of our responsibility. The first one is your quote-unquote traditional corporate strategy, and that's anything from we're rethinking our season ticket holder benefits program, or we're looking at building renovations. How should we approach those? How are we making sure we're crunching the numbers the right way? How are we looking at our long-term financial projections? So that's that's part one. Part two is your machine learning and analytics. So that's building data models to say who are our best candidates to sell tickets to who how are we quantifying the impact of our marketing and really putting the technical analytics side behind that and the third bucket is business intelligence and reporting for much of the organization if i walked up to them and said i built a random forest model with this feature importance and an auc of this they would look at me cross eyed and So would a lot of people, and that's fine. So what we have to do is take that more technical data aspect and make it consumable for everyone in the rest of the organization. For our sales reps, if they're looking at a new candidate, they don't care if there's a difference between their 72.5% likely to buy this and 74.6%. They care that this is one of their top targets. So it's making it consumable for that group so they can actually act on it and improve the business outcome. Uh, and then provide the tracking of how it's actually going. So th- those are the big buckets there. And then on the Comcast back side, we have a, a, a fortune of being under the broader Comcast umbrella. So we've got some really cool resources of a big company behind us. Um, and we are more than just the Flyers. So we are the Flyers, the Wells Fargo Center, which is our arena. We have the Philadelphia Wings, which is an indoor lacrosse team and a ECHL, so a minor league hockey team up in Portland, Maine, and then our practice facility in uh, Voorhees, New Jersey, uh, Skate zone. So m- myself and my team will work across all of those different properties and all those different assets to provide our, our analysis and our, our team's work to each one of those different groups and all of those different groups on a daily, weekly, monthly, annual, annual basis.
0: And it it seems like you're pretty happy there. Is it a cool yeah. job? Okay. It's
1: it's a very cool job. I I think in there there's the part that I get to walk out of my office door and walk onto our club level and see the Flyers play hockey and there might not be a cooler sport to watch live 41 times a year than hockey. But at the same time it's not just that. It's the type of work that I'm doing that keeps it fresh, keeps it exciting. I think it's pretty safe to say in the the year and a half that I've been here so far, um, no two days have looked the same. Some of that is the world changing underneath us every second, but some is there is so much that we're looking to do. There's so much appetite for change within the organization that we have a really cool opportunity within what we're doing right now to come up with new and different ideas. And there's, there's a desire within the organization organization of how can we be the best at what we do how can we be a leader in the sports industry and we're we're pointed toward that goal just good enough is not enough we we want to try and push further than that and that that's what keeps it fun it's you're you're always challenged to do the impossible and figure out something that works
0: it's cool it's really cool. And, you know, we've got, we've had a few people on the show who have been able to marry a personal passion with their professional acumen and people who have listened to this hear me say this, but to have that kind of purpose driven professional life, it's hard to find. So kudos to you. And it seems like you're in a good spot. Um, obviously a lot of student athletes have visions of working within the professional sports arena And there's plenty of Wesleyan precedent there with kind of Belichick and some other folk, Jed Hoyer and and Field Yates and some others. What actionable advice do you have for current students or maybe recent alums that are thinking about some form or fashion going into the professional sports arena, which I know is kind of a big tent, but do you have any kind of actionable advice or words of wisdom that you might be able to impart with them?
1: Yeah, I think the, the first thing is exactly what you said. It's a big tent figure out what part of that appeals to you. Just going out and saying, let's go do sports, isn't going to get you very far. The the same way if I just said, let's go do finance. Okay, do you want to do bank? Like, figure out, is it marketing? Is it analytics? Is it the business side? Is it the sports side? And then once you figure out what part of it appeals to you, sports teams are small organizations. My team is myself and seven people. We're a couple hundred people as an organization. You need to be able to wear a couple different hats at any given time. So thinking about what are the things I would need to do in that job, and then being able to show how can I do those things coming in from day one. Now, coming out of undergrad, I'm not gonna expect you to have done everything and have five years of experience doing it. But if you come in and say, I know for my group, we hired someone out of undergrad this year. He knew enough data analytics. He had a little bit of experience with the visualization software. And we said, all right, we can teach you some more of the rest of that. He had no experience in sports. And that was fine. We could teach him the business. We could teach him the problems. But he was a really good fit for the skills we needed. And I think that's what it comes down to at the end of the day if I just hired really big fans, my team would not be particularly effective because it would likely lack the, the technical skill set and the actual skill set to do the job. So it's how do you balance I'm really interested and passionate in this industry with here are the skills that I would need to do that job and do it well. And if you can figure out that second half of the equation, whether it's doing a class project, whether it's, there's a lot of people who get hired in the sports side because they started writing a blog. And um, I, I talked to college, colleagues, colleagues at some basketball teams who, yeah, our last basketball analyst we hired because he came up with some new cool stat and he sent it to us or she sent it to us. And there's an opportunity to say, all right, let me go prove to you that I can do it. And I, I think that's the same in sports as it is in any other industry of how do I prove that I will be a valuable part of this team, a valuable player on. on on the team, um, much like you want to earn your starting spot on the team, your, your athletics team, you have to prove yourself able. Just saying, I want to start or I want to play basketball or I want to run cross country. It wasn't going to get you into the the top seven. It'll say, all right, we'll give you a shot, but then you need to prove that you that you deserve the shot.
0: And I'm sure like a lot of industries from the outside it seems like it's pretty big, but once you get inside it's a fairly small community where everybody knows each other and everybody used to work for so-and-so and and teams move around. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure um, you've continued to try to build those relationships and network. Can you talk a little bit more about how you're focused on that? Not that you're looking to make a move necessarily, but you just, you alluded to it earlier where, you know, somebody that you know is now the GM of a different team. And I mean, those paths continually cross, I'm sure.
1: A hundred percent. I think there are a couple different types of connections that I'll that I'll maintain. So one of my good friends from business school works in a the same department as I do, but for the Golden State Warriors. So we'll talk about the problems we're facing, how we're solving them. The great thing about sports, we're competing on the field and on the ice, but off the fields, we're we're all looking to improve the experience for our fans. Um, so there's a really good community in the sports space of people willing to help each other out and say hey we're thinking about these different things we're thinking about moving this forward so I'll schedule calls with him semi regularly and then there are other people who are my peers at other NHL teams um, so I talk with my peer from the, the Bruins fairly regularly I've got a, a good contact over at the Hornet so you start to build who are other people who are in similar situations, for us, we own a team and an arena. And that comes with its own set of problems we face and things we look to solve. So who else is trying to solve those same problems and what can we learn from each other? And then there are all the other people in my network who I go to for advice, whether it's personal, professional, everything else. And that's Jess, who was the co-founder of the conference, who when I was thinking about changing out of consulting, I, I went and talked to her for a while and said, is this the, is this the right time is this the right role will will I be good at this so have, having that network that you can fall back on and, and ask those questions i think was really important and continues to be really important and then i'm always trying to grow it um, i got introduced to a couple of folks who are running a monthly call of some people who lead strategy and analytics departments in the league so hopped on that i try to hop on that whenever i can and try to contribute to it because the the best way to get someone to help you out down the line is if you're able to help them out now. So really just looking to continue building that network and both when you're looking to bring new talent in, when you're looking to figure out what's the next big idea, how do we make sure we're doing the, the best for our fans? It's, it's really good to have that sounding board across the industry.
0: Um, that's really good stuff. And, and as a huge hockey fan, um, And probably, I'm probably too emotionally tied to the Nashville Predators. Um, (laughs) I can't wait to recruit you to come down here to Middle Tennessee to help us, um, hopefully kind of bring the team back to life. But uh, Sam, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it. Um, I I assume I know what the answer is, but I always ask, is it okay if folks reach out to you, um, they're interested in learning more about your story, connecting with you if they have interest in, you know, any of the things that you talked about during this conversation?
1: 100%. I love talking to Wesleyan students, hearing from people who are interested in breaking into sports. So please, please feel free to reach out. Um,
0: I'm always happy to talk. Cool. And do you still run 55 miles a week?
1: Oh, no. (laughs) I had a uh, injury from running too much. So now I'm a uh, stationary biker in my basement, uh, which is a little sad, but it's what happens in quit old age that I'm now <laughs> out of college.
0: Well Sam, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it.
1: Thank you.